Do you want to get into it? Let's do it. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to the, the Master Key podcast. Can we, can we redo that? There was a fly flying around my face. Can, we just... can you get rid of the fly? That way. Look <laughs> how. The gun's flying around. Watch out. Watch out. I tried, but it's a fast motherfucker. We'll, we'll go faster. Ah! Go faster. Yeah, there we go. I got it. Welcome back to another episode of the Master Key Podcast. I'm here today with Tim Andrews. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Dylan. And yesterday I was watching a movie called Don't Look Up. It's a really good movie. I would highly recommend it. But uh, mm. something I got out of the movie, or sort of a message in the movie, was the idea that we don't follow science or we don't follow an idea until it's too late. Mm. And talking to Tim before about polluting the environment and how nobody really cares. They don't care much about, you know, environmental sustainability. The Ooh, idea definitely. of that movie that it kind of alluded to is that by the time we start caring, it might be too late for us. Um, so course. I was talking to Tim and he was, he was mentioning how he doesn't put too much effort into it because he feels like it doesn't make a difference. So, um, Tim, why do you why do you do that? Um, do you think there could be a way to make you care more about the environment? Of course. And so, look, at the end of the day, nothing I personally will ever do will ever make any measurable difference whatsoever. That's a fact of life. When you're looking at the metrics, the statistics, nothing I can personally ever do will ever make a change. When you look at the pollution stats, I think it's in the region, don't hold me to the number, but it's in the region of 70 to 80% of all pollution is directly because of corporations. The top 10 corporations have the vast majority of all pollution in the world directly attributable to them. So when you look at those numbers, you think, okay, I'm one person out of 7 billion people. What the hell am I going to do? You know, what can I ever possibly do in my life? And so then you have to think about the other side to that. So, okay, nothing I do will ever make any measurable difference whatsoever. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to put myself through deprivation, through extreme hardship and all of these difficulties to have no difference. That doesn't make a lot of sense whatsoever. So exactly like I was saying to you, Dylan, was that until the point where a lot of people actually start to make that shift and we as a collective actually change things, until that point, there is no benefit whatsoever to me actually making that shift and a hell of a lot of downside. But the issue is, a lot of people feel the exact same way as me. So how are we going to get around that? You know, how are we going to get people who feel the same as me, who see it as there's no benefit to doing so until a lot of people do it, but that's the problem. Getting a lot of people to yeah, do it. I guess, I guess you can argue that there's a whole movement out there right now that uh, actually wants people to, to start doing it. But until there's enough people to do it, there aren't going to be enough people to make a difference whereby the people that are on the fence like you aren't going to do it, right? Of course. Until and everybody else this... does it. So, yeah. But I think there's there's two main points there. So the first one is the movement now, and I know it's not everyone, it's definitely not everyone within the current movement, but a hell of a lot of them, they incentivize via fear and guilt. That they do this by, you're a terrible person if you don't do this. You're disgusting, blah, 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 blah. 
that side of things is not the way to do it. I mean, hell, you might shame some people into it, but the vast majority of people are going to see you kicking back at that, and they're going to kick back and go, well, fuck off, you know, I'm not doing it. And they're immediately going to see that, and they're going to get their back up, they're going to hate everything you're saying, even if you're entirely correct. But on the good side is, especially with what I was mentioning earlier, the vast majority of pollution is done by the top 10 biggest corporations in the world. So from there, you can actually make at least a bit of a difference by choosing to spend your money wisely and vote with your money. So if these companies are going to be polluting like crazy, cool, don't spend money with them. Now, you personally might not be able to make any difference. You biking 10 kilometers to and back from work every day won't make that much of a difference. But if you and you help convince, say, 100 other people and they convince 10 and they convince 10 to stop buying from, say, Coca-Cola, that starts to make a massive difference. And that is one of the ways forward is to incentivize the corporations to truly make a change. Not just say nice words. Mm, absolutely. Um, so, it, but that still lead. That still relies on corporations, right? That still yes. relies on um, people spending their money in wise ways. But as we know, corporations are very easy or good at manipulating people. Let's take a look at the fast fashion industry. They make so many different clothes, right? But now they've sort of moved on to, um, because people are caring about uh, sustainability, they've moved on to, uh, hey, we recycle our clothes. We use recycled plastics. And so they use all these sort of buzzwords, terms, uh, and they actually do recycle it maybe once. They mm, might recycle to a, point, a small yeah. amount of it, uh, not all of it. And the thing about recycled plastics is you can only recycle them, you know, two, three times or maybe one time, depends on the plastic, depends on heaps of different factors. And so they can use these words and get people uh, back into buying them or at least rationalizing their consumeristic behavior, right? Mm. And so I think when you have when you have that in front of you, people I'm just going to buy things anyway. Yeah, and right? that's and presented that's the with a cheap, a cheap option. Exactly, cheap clothes, cheap, and not not just being cheap, but also being easy. And that's the other biggest part to it is that something might be a hell of a lot cheaper. Like, say, here we have um, Binan, which is basically like a Costco overseas. It is a store where you can get stuff cheaper because you can buy it in bulk and you bring in your own uh, plastics, you bring in your own containers, so you aren't wasteful for the plastics or anything else like that. And it's an incredible way to go, that you help the environment, you save money, it's a win-win, right? But the biggest reason, at least why the people I know who are interested in that stuff, why they don't do it, because of the effort involved. And that's the biggest downside, and that's one of the, the things that will make the biggest impact to helping people make the shift. Like speaking in my own experience, if you made it so I would save money and it was easier in my life to be environmentally conscious than to do otherwise, of course, and who wouldn't? I think at the end of the day, everyone wants to be, a, well, most people want to be a good person. 
but it's to a limit that anything like let's say here is how much they want to be a good person if the effort the cost everything else comes up to here they're not going to do it but if you could bring it down here below where it's it's a no-brainer of course they're going to do it it makes sense then they get that nice feeling inside and hey they get to save money they get to save time who wouldn't love it right hmm yeah um you can make uh, a similar argument for so in New Zealand where we live they moved towards uh, banning all plastic bags at supermarkets so now you have to go in and you have to bring in your bag thanks Greenpeace and there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of complaining going on at the start people were like oh shit how are we how are we going to do this you know I want to have my plastic bag to carry my groceries in but they actually moved towards it, and people uh, realize, hey, it's not hard to spend a few minutes taking in a bag. However, well, see, that's the thing. I Is think th there's an issue here whereby people are still using, well, we, we throw away our, our garbage, right? Well, what course. do we put it in? We put it in a plastic bag. So we've solved one issue, but uh, people still use plastic another. bags to actually put their garbage in. Of course. It might, yeah. have, it might have helped a little bit, maybe not as much as uh, we'd, we want to. Well, that's the thing, that almost everyone that I know, they took their plastic bags that they got from shopping, and they used them in the bin. Now, what's happened is, yeah. at least anecdotally, instead of doing that and actually efficiently using their plastic bags, they've now gone and they're wasting the thicker plastics of the full rubbish bags. So in effect, it's either breaking even or it's actually worse, or it might be marginally better. But it's not nearly worth the actual difference that it caused, because it's doing next to nothing. And all it's doing now is hitting people's pockets or causing them to go through extra amounts of work. It is a useless move that Greenpeace and the government have only done to make it seem good on paper, to make it look like they're doing things to help the environment on paper. You want to actually help things. What about the meat trays that they've now started phasing out, at least in Countdown? The meat trays, it almost always used to come on polystyrene, then it was glad wrap, then it had all this and other packaging inside it. That is insanely wasteful. There's no need for it. You can go into a supermarket tomorrow and pick out a hundred different things where there's no argument to be made for keeping this plastic, this wasteful packaging. There's no arguments to be made. But instead, they target one thing that they can actively talk about that makes big news. So then they get to have a nice talking point and go, yay, we care. We did good things. It's, it's disgusting. And it is entirely... It's entirely along the par, sorry, on the par with everything else that they seemingly do. That they don't make much change whatsoever, they just work for the talking points. And you can see that in almost every area, especially when it comes to shit like this. Right, right, and what, they, what do they put the meat in now, if they're not putting it in? Like plastic and polystyrene. Mm, mm. So they, at least in Countdown, because that's where I shop, so that's the ones that I see, they have actually gone through, instead of polystyrene and then wrapping it with like 17 layers of glad wrap, they've now gone to just a nice, simple plastic uh, tray. 
for lack of a better term, and there's one plastic sheet over. So is it wasteful? Yes. Could it be better? Of course. But at least it's better than what it was. And that is an actual tangible improvement that you'll never hear anyone crowing about. Why? Because it's clear that people don't actually give a shit about making a change for the better. They just want to have the talking points. They just want to have the visual impacts. Because you never saw those plastic trays sitting on the road. You never saw them sitting in a landfill. So people don't visualize, think about it and go, oh, that's a problem. So when they solve it, people don't think they're actually solving anything. People just go, oh, okay, cool, I guess. But, uh, yeah. Right, right. It actually leads, them into, leads me into a thought I just had a second ago about could you design an app or some sort of visualization technology where you, uh, okay, it takes your data from your shopping history and it actually uh, visually shows you how much plastic. Uh, oh, definitely. Shows you a, a really cool representation. Definitely. That would be and a cool idea, right? As an example, there are many tools, not just with the plastic side of things, but what they do is with the, uh, not just with, <clears throat> sorry, not with the plastic side of things, but what they do is with, they take your bank details and they run it through, and I, I think it's paired with Westpac, they run it through and they actually calculate your carbon footprint. So it's really cool, and it is an amazing way to visualize not just how badly you're fucking over the environment, but then you take that. And you look at what potential savings you have, you know, you look at what differences you can make, and then you compare that to how much even just one company in the top 10 are polluting. And you see how infinitesimal your percentage is, and that really puts everything in perspective. Mm. Right, mm. right. And it'd be really cool to see um, the difference in pollution of, you know, 100,000 people compared to a corporation, right? That'd be really cool to see as well, to see how, you know, even not just you, but even if you had everybody in your city being really environmentally friendly, uh, would that even make a difference? Mm, mm. Well, I mean, I'd actually be able to go and do the maths right now. Um, it'll just take a minute or two. But those sort of things, the information is easily accessible. People just generally don't give a shit that unless it's visual, unless it's visceral in their face, it's like I said. There's the level that they want to be a good person at, and a whole lot of this stuff, it's above it, because their bar is pretty damn low. That unless it's in their face, they're not going to get the hits out of it. They're not going to feel good about solving a problem they didn't know was a problem. So there's no reason at least, to at least for it. me, At least for me, I wonder if um, the internet has kind of changed things on this, because I remember hmm. a few years ago... I used to see a lot more, um, like videos and photos of like animals in the water and they had, you know, plastic bags around their heads and fish and pollution, but now I don't see it. I do wonder if that's my personalization from Facebook or yes. social media so that and would, YouTube or that would be right. a very big thing. Yeah. Because as, as you would be well aware, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all of those things are a massive echo chamber. They keep you within your bubble, and the only time they'll show you things outside of your bubble is when they want to piss you off. Because as they all know, negative emotions, you react stronger to negative emotions than positive emotions. So when they want people to start reacting to things, to start sharing things, talking about it, commenting, all of that, they're going to show you things you will react negatively to. And they know exactly what will piss you off because of your history, 
So they'll go and they'll show you things that will piss you off. They're not going to show you things that you like, that make you happy. Or they might do it as a part of it. But it's going to be in tangent with the stuff that pisses you off. So it's all part of the echo chamber that they intentionally created to keep you in your nice little happy bubble. And showing you things like that, that doesn't really work for them. Because there's no benefit for Instagram, Facebook, YouTube to show you these things. Because then you'll start to realize just how bad they are. And just how bad these corporations are polluting. And also you don't make money off it, right? So who's going to put out the ads? And corporations don't want you to see it. So it has to be from some sort of news organization. But now all the news organizations generate most of their revenue from corporations anyway or ad sponsors. So Exactly, yeah. You won't won't really see it. And that that kind of explains that. Because I've kind of wondered recently, why haven't I seen anything? Has the world magically uh, just got way more eco-friendly? But I guess not. Yes, Mr. Beast is the only person planting a million trees. <laughs> no, no. I mean, a, a very big thing there is the NGOs and non-government organizations, like, as an example, Greenpeace. Greenpeace do an amazing amount of good. But, you know, it, it re- firstly, it relies entirely upon donations, which is a massive flaw in the system. Well, I wouldn't say it's a flaw as they've designed it around that, but it doesn't have as many benefits as they would hope. And it relies on everyday people for the obvious reasons. So they're not beholden to bigger corporations or to the government or anything like that. So they can actually go to bat, which is a great thing. But then it makes it harder for them to get the that sort of visual impact in front of people who aren't already interested. Because right now, they're preaching to the choir. You know, they're reaching people who already care, who already donate, who already go out of their way to help. So how do they get people interested who aren't? How do they get people interested who might give a shit, but they've just never really cared? How do they get them over that line? And that's the hard part. Do you have any ideas, Tim? Well, no, look, I I do have a few ideas, but in saying that the practicalities of it, they are insane. When it comes down to it, the actual impacts that you can have, that is really around the marketing, the PR side of things. And the biggest problem is that costs money. And when you're relying entirely upon donations, to get more donations, you have to spend more money. Then you start getting into that cycle of, like, say, World Vision, where it's something along the lines of five cents on every dollar donated actually goes to help people. The rest of it is admin or getting more donations. That's insane. But that's how quickly it can snowball into this enormous, useless blob of... Yeah, of just fat, where it'll just sit there, and as I said, I think it's in the region of 5% of every dollar that you donate to World Vision actually goes to helping the kids. So that's 95% that's wasted away. You know, that that that's terrible. But It's pretty crazy, but hmm. um, when, you, when you think about it, if 95% is going down the drain... Uh, People, when they hear that statistic, are going to be less likely to donate to World Vision as well, right? Exactly, of like, course. It's kind of a known. It's kind of a known fact now. Yeah. Uh, so it's almost harming them. But I suppose they've done the calculations, and even if it's harming them, it's still probably generating more revenue than uh, if they didn't do any marketing at all. Of course, right? but the other side of it is that they're so bloated now that they ha- kind of have to keep going. 
because that's how they keep rolling, keep rolling. That's how they stay in business. And yeah, their revenue might be amazing. They might get $100 million of donations every year, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But when you look at the actual statistic, you know, when you look at the tangible impacts they've had, uh, you know, if if they got donated a million dollars using that 5%, someone with $100,000 could go in themselves and do a better job. Yeah, and that is crazy. You take 10% of what you would have given them, you do it yourself, and you can do a better job. That is insane. 